0: I'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in a workshop that we've planned on the impact of addiction. So if you're curious about the conversation that we've had and you relate to some of the ideas and you'd really like to contribute, we'd like to invite you to this workshop. And I just want to reiterate that it's an opportunity for us to step away from the microphone and to hear your voice and for you to share your experiences. So it is an interactive workshop and we really look for your input and your experiences. It's on the 27th of June at 7pm at CTR Parish and it's for anyone interested in attending. Of course, your contributions is by invitation, not by demand, so there's absolutely no expectation or demand for you to contribute if you want to be present and listen, that's also fine. But we really do encourage you to attend and to participate in any way that you feel comfortable. And details of all our workshops are in the show notes, so please check out the links. Welcome to Finding Sanctuary, our shared conversations into how we think and feel and how we find peace and comfort in daily life. We get together with experts to chat about all things mental health, getting insights and understanding on the struggles of life. My name is Debbie Draby and I'm a psychologist and a proud Maronite woman and a mother of three children. And I'm passionate about bringing people together to share their stories, to support each other through life and all this beauty and all its pain. I look forward to hearing from you in this podcast series as we engage in conversations around our shared experiences as a community. We love to hear what you think of the podcast. So please subscribe, share, like and comment wherever you get your podcasts. Monsignor Shora and Natalie Majali, thank you for joining me today. We're really excited that you're part of uh, another conversation together and it's always really exciting when we come together and explore some of the experiences that we've had working with the community and I just really wanted to reflect on our first pilot again, you know, which we had some really beautiful conversations about your early experiences of coming to the hills. We were confronted with COVID, you know, a major global crisis and you're you're getting to know a new parish and really coming together and whilst people were trying to stay connected in in very creative ways that sometimes they were disconnected. So I wondered today if we can explore that and and Natalie also in, in your practice and some of the work that you do with families and communities around coming together and the power of those connections that we know is so important, but we also know the risks sometimes that sort of get in the way that disconnect us as, as humans and as and as a community. Monsignor, if you wanted to start a little bit about some of the, your observations and your experiences.
1: My experiences in the other parishes, and I suppose what was unique for the Hills Parish was that I, I was starting a new community that people were parts of other community, but quite distant from those, those communities, those churches. A lot of young families in the area. Also, there was the experience where people were, because there was distance from other communities, there wasn't a stronger sense of community and there wasn't a lot of gatherings for them. People were sort of um, a little more isolated than, say, in some of our other communities. It was good that we had the parish and then through HSH now that we're doing the gatherings, you know, for all the different groups. The things that stand out that uh, I, I started to hear concerns for was isolation amongst the teens. Mm. You know, that a lot of them weren't distant from their relatives or cousins because of the not as in the concentrated suburbs where a lot of our community are. Parents were worried about their teens, you know, and just getting caught up in social media and that rather than meeting up and having gatherings. Yeah, a lot of the parents really uh, pushed me to do things for the teens that to have gatherings and that. And and then just their pressures on um, a lot of the couples that I knew that lived in the area, great families and beautiful, you know, young families and children and that, just how much pressure they are on the marriages and married couples. Mm -hmm. So like I found that in other parishes, I found that in the Hills Parish too. So I was trying to see how how we could support, Mm -hmm. you know, couples in their marriage and then with the issues that come with raising children and a lot of the the issues that came up with that.
0: So, I mean, as you're talking, I'm just sort of thinking about coming to the hills where you're setting up a whole new parish, Mm. that concept and that idea of community and coming together was potentially quite unfamiliar for a lot of families because there's that isolation and there's not been a Maronite parish in the hills area before, so they're quite dispersed and potentially they have relatives in in other parishes, as you mentioned, where they're they're a lot closer in proximity and there's connection and that community and that really established Mm. structure and, and even... And the physical geographical location looks very different, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. So coming in, you know, really starting from scratch and perhaps for some of the communities, the first time they've experienced being part of a community. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is a bit of a sense of urgency to really try and bring people together and that need, particularly for the youth um, who may have not necessarily been a part of a community before. Um, they might have their relatives that they visit occasionally, but yeah. they're not really part of a stable, established, strong, right. um, connected community. Yeah. And Natalie, as you're hearing that, I'm just mm. wondering some of the work that you do and, and thinking about communities and, and the power of coming together but also the things that continue to yeah. perpetuate that isolation regardless of geography or, or distance, yeah. I think as I hear, hear you both speaking, something that's coming really heavily
2: to mind for me is the struggling in secret, mm. you know, the the quiet mm. Uh Whenever something is secret or hidden or forbidden, it just amplifies, doesn't it? And mm. it gets much worse. It's like cancer. It starts very little and it grows and it grows and it festers and it gets bigger. And the more you try to hide it, the worse it gets. Mm. So, you know, that, that struggle of, that people might have in marriages or relationships, the more that it's hidden and, and not dealt with,
1: mm. <laughs> Exact. the harder oh. it
2: gets to deal with, yeah. you know.
1: It magnifies, yeah. It magnifies. Yeah, slightly, and yeah, yeah. and
2: that's really not what we want magnifying, mm. is it? Yeah. Mm. You know, when it comes to healthy relationships, mm. we want um, our strengths magnified, not not our weaknesses. Mm. You know, in my practice, I, I saw a lot of that in in marriage counselling. Mm. And I think that when, we, when it comes to understanding community dynamics, we need to put on offer help in the areas that we need it. Mm. So, you know, Montaigne, you're talking about the teenagers and the the parents, Mm. you know, the urgency, Deb, that you're talking about with getting Mm. the teenagers connected. I think that's actually about our generation as well. As we get older... We are trying to make sure that we have support networks in place Mm. to not just intervene but prevent Mm. the teenagers Mm. from struggling with the issues that we were struggling with as kids Mm. that we now as adults possibly still haven't dealt with. Mm. So that that urgency is there to start connecting children and getting them to communicate Mm. what they're struggling with amongst their peers and and internally even
0: isolation can be so perpetuating mm. you know mm. you, you start with a small problem but then on your own you build it up in your mm. head and it grows and it grows Absolutely. and yeah. and then you know when you're thinking about it in isolation and not having insight or perspective from someone else mm. that maybe going through the same thing and i think yeah. you mentioned examples in that first pilot which were so powerful mm. around you know, the men's sheds and yeah. groups coming together and, and being able to share some of their burdens. Mm. Um, people, it's not about they're going to fix their problem, but it's it's just being able to hear someone else mm. have a shared experience or have some something that's similar that you identify with. Mm. It's incredible what that unlocks yeah. um, mm. and the opportunities that can give people. And I know you've witnessed that time and time again, both of you, in the work that you do when you mm. see people come together and share
1: yeah. their
0: experiences.
1: Yeah. Something that's really grown... Uh, It started in some of the other parishes, but is the men's gatherings too. So often a lot of the men, it'll be suffering in secret or, you know, and uh, there's no sort of facility for them to get support from other men. And, yeah, uh, yeah, so our men's gatherings have really uh, grown in that way and a sense of brotherhood and fellowship and support. And, you know, uh, there's been some tragedies in the community and um, the fathers that have been affected by that have Mm. come and they've got great support. It's been great, a great support for them. Mm. They're gathering and allowing and encouraging men Mm. to, you know, break the secrecy to talk about, be able to share about what's going on.
2: So I'd imagine that there would be a great deal of vulnerability going on Mm. in that sharing, Mm. which traditionally has been viewed as weakness Mm. but is actually strength in its purest form.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Some wonderful um, experiences and support, and men expressing that that how they felt so supported after going through a difficult time. Mm.
0: It's interesting, I, I, I know I've heard people say to me in my practice, in the work that I do, sometimes they hear someone that they perceive has their life together you know, mm. has this perfect image and they, they've got the right job and they've got the right car and they live in the perfect house and they have the perfect wife mm. and they hear them talk about a struggle and all of a sudden it just unlocks all the barriers and all the things that we yeah. carry and yeah. it gives them, well, they say, I feel like I have permission to feel what I feel yeah. if, he, if he's struggling and... And I've seen him as the perfect image yeah. and the, the life that I've always wanted. And then yeah. suddenly you, you see that, no, they're human just like me and they're struggling and they've got pain and grief and conflict and turmoil and whatever else that's going on in all yeah. of us yeah. um, in just the same way. And sometimes it's even more magnified and just saying that it normalises it and it makes, yeah. gives people permission to be human and to share, like as you said, to share that vulnerability and that, that struggle that we have. And permission to fall apart
2: a little. Yeah. You know, where everyone's just walking around trying to hold it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone's falling apart a little. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that permission to to just let go yeah. and worry less about everybody else and yeah. more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Understanding other people's behaviours starts with understanding yours. Mm-hmm. So when we're looking at others and we're comparing mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. and our lives to other people's, yeah. mm-hmm it's 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 not real yeah. what we're seeing is not real yeah.
1: and that's probably one of the hardest things today uh, and and it's i suppose it's been a part of our community that we uh with mm. that strong comparing and yeah. And presuming and looking at others and seeing yeah. what's on the surface and thinking, oh, they've got it all together yeah. now and, and I'm the only one that's experiencing yeah. this all. And often I have to share with people, no, you're not alone. There's yeah. a big percentage of people struggle mm. in the same area, you know. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes people can feel intensely embarrassed about sharing yeah. a struggle Well, you know, welcome to the human race. Yeah, Yeah. you know, yeah, we're we're human, we struggle with this and we support each other to help us to grow, you know. this When we open up and, you know, share, Mm. can be humble and and, and share that vulnerability, we can find answers, we can find ways to grow and support, you know, yeah, so... uh,
0: Isolation can be perpetuating Mm. and we can get caught in it, but so does coming together. Mm. It can be, you know, as as people continue to get more familiar with each other and meet more regularly and have these gatherings that you're describing, you know, that can really build those connections and make those conversations easier Mm. because you're getting to know them as a person, not as a status or as a role Mm. or as an identity that you think or from a certain family that you put them there. Um, But all those things become completely irrelevant Mm. because you see them as a person. and and all those layers just start stripping away as you get to know someone. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so on the men's and even the teens and that, yeah, we always make a bit of time for a little bit of input, you know, and and then we ask them to just share something that you took from that. It's such an important thing because you see men who, they're not necessarily sitting next to their best friend or their, yeah. you, you're saying to them, just share one thing that you took from that. And you're seeing these men who don't normally maybe talk as deeply or closely, yeah. they're talking about a subject that's a little bit deeper and it's, yeah, you see the bonds. People who haven't seen each other or hadn't connected for a long time, I, yeah. I haven't met him since we were at primary school yeah. and da-da-da and... And then it's not about just work or what I'm doing, but it's uh, about family and about, you know, what what have you, where, where you are with your kids. There's a potential there, if there's a hardship, you know, you're hoping that well, that's that's uh, there's a person, there's a there's a possibility of someone they can reach out to. Yeah. I've seen that happen where someone has actually been, who's been in total isolation with mm. an issue, traumatic issue, and um, had no one, and now because they've been coming and been part of that, they're reaching out and and they're they're actually meeting up outside the men's group mm. and they're talking and oh, they're that's yeah. Fantastic. So yeah. it's really good like that,
2: which is really the highlight of community, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, just having a, a group of people that care for you and are going mm. to
1: support yeah. you through. Yeah. I think sometimes a, a struggle has been that we have such big communities. Yeah. Sometimes some of the parishes are very big and some of our village communities are so very big when yeah. we get together. You know, there's mm. 600 people, that are yeah. 500 people at a wedding. And, yeah. and you can be there, you're with so many people, but yet you can feel alone. Yeah, absolutely. So it's having these smaller groups and smaller gatherings where yeah. people get a chance. It's a, just a little bit... Safer um and, and easier just to reach out and have a have a conversation where you can get support and get a bit of guys that feel like you can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And a real connection. Yeah, a real yeah, connection, yeah. you know, yeah.
0: We are such a big community. Mm. Mm. At the same time, we're a small community. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's hard to feel that sense of connection and that intimacy mm. because it's so big mm. and 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 perhaps you, you know, often put on a bit of a role when you're at a wedding or at a big function yeah. because that's the expectation that you've created for yourself or you think people want to see that mm. part of you. But then, and, you know, as you're describing these small gatherings um, where there's a bit more intimacy and mm. an yeah. openness to just be yourself, yeah. to strip away some of those roles or those those um things that we mm. think people expect us to be or yeah. or that we put on ourselves or mm. others put on us. And Natalie, I wonder if you want to talk a bit about that, you know, the expectations that sometimes mm. our community perceives us to be or that we put on ourselves and, and you know, challenging some of those and getting into a bit of a, yeah. a different mindset so we can create more openness and authenticity. Now, I agree with the fact that we, we actually mostly put them on ourselves. Yeah
2: our own expectations and mm. how we think mm. our life should be going yeah. and what is normal and what is healthy. Mm. And often that differs for everybody. Yeah. You know, starting with a little bit of self-compassion mm. instead of self-criticism mm. is mm. a good place yeah. to start because yeah. if you have compassion for yourself, then you can have compassion yeah. for others.
1: Yeah, yeah I agree yeah. with that, yeah. And
2: so mm. I think starting with reversing assumptions about people, mm. we, we come into the community or a community space and we think that people are judging us yeah. mm. based on our character or our actions or our decisions. Mm. And I think that often we need to stop, take a minute and actually reverse those assumptions mm. and think that everyone is thinking the best of us actually, yeah. mm. you know, and that's what we need to be thinking about ourselves at the same time. Mm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a hard one because we we, we have such a beautiful culture and I I don't want it to sound like I'm being critical but... The way I was raised, it's a hab and you have to be a certain way and and you have to present a certain Mm. way and this is hilarious, but my brothers would prefer to go to the Roman Catholic Church because they call it drive-through because you can go in your shahita Uh, (laughs) and your thongs and your your shorts, but there's no way you can wear that at Our Lady of Lebanon. Yeah, that's right. And it's just this different expectation of how you present in a community Mm. that's like ours, that's, Mm. you know, beautiful and strong, but also there's, there's expectations that maybe we're socialised in that way, we put on ourselves. I think we can get caught up in the image and the labels, you know, what people think. Well, we've been told that, you Mm. know, they come from or we have been judged. I mean, people may have had really poor experiences where they've done something that, Mm. you know, maybe has been frowned upon and then the gossip and the rumours can be quite harmful, um, harsh. And 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 hurtful. yeah. Yeah. And so maybe they haven't felt accepted because yeah. they're a little bit different or have mm. done something that potentially may not be seen as acceptable.
1: Or So some of the work in bringing people together or helping people with that is I have to often say to people, well, you know, they might be thinking that or saying that about and judging that, but I don't Are they eating any less breakfast or lunch yeah. or dinner because of what you're doing now? Yeah. So why are you letting it, you know? Yeah. Think of what you've got to do, are you, what you're doing the best yeah. and that you're the right thing and to believe in that, yeah, where to help them bring that bit or let some of that go. You yeah, know? so to yes. bring it
2: into perspective, yeah. I mean, how yeah. much is their opinion yeah. going to affect your life, yeah. you know, and often understanding that people are projecting their own struggles yeah. onto yeah. a situation yeah. Yeah. and we really need to stop and evaluate how much of it is true mm. yeah. and how much of it is real.
0: Yeah, and what you've both described is, you know, generally when people do come together and are open and do share their real experiences in the groups that you've described it just unlocks this beautiful potential to connect people and to to bring them together. Mm. And whilst maybe they haven't always had the best experience, but mostly people do care and they want to connect and they want to support each other. And you've had some really great recent examples in, you know, as you're developing the Hills community, Mm. seeing how the power of how people can come together and sort of break away some of those Mm. fears of being judged or um, being ostracised or isolated from the community. Mm. Thank you both for your conversations. I'm just going to, I'm going to summarise a little bit and then you can add your key points, you know, as we talk about from this conversation, what some of the practical things people can take away um, and thinking about, you know, you've come and you're helping build a community that has historically been quite isolated and maybe not had the opportunities to come together. And what you've w- witnessed in these early journeys from COVID is seeing how people came together and supported each other during, during an incredible crisis, but then also after that, that continuity in building that community and giving people sometimes the very first experience of being able to be part of a group and to share some of their experiences and, and to talk more openly about what's going on for them and seeing how that really enables connection and, and allows people to problem solve and, and to feel like they can share some of their pain and their struggles. It's just been a, a really powerful journey seeing how the community has developed and evolved. But also, you know, Nat talks, talking about some of the challenges and the assumptions that we make or the expectations that we have on ourselves are often a lot harsher than than really what people mm. are thinking and thinking about the importance of that self-compassion to come together and be kinder and to allow ourselves to be human and to feel the experiences and, and the emotions that we have.
1: I would just like to, you know, encourage people listening to see, you know, to take that step, that risk to to reach out or to come along, to join in. Not to, there is far more to gain than than some of the difficulties there is. The more we can have a conversation, the more we connect with others, the Mm. more that we'll grow because there's, you know, yeah. the more we'll experience love and support and the more we'll learn and the more we see that we have to offer to others. we we'll we'll, You'll see where people find that, you know, they're, they're learning from us, from you, yeah. you know, yeah. So just like to encourage people, yeah, not to be afraid to step out and, yeah. you know, together to come along and...
0: Mm. yeah so thank you, Monsignor, for the invitation. It is our community and and mm. and everyone is um, welcome and has every right to be part of it. And mm. yes, there's always a risk, and it's scary at the beginning, but you can see that mm. the benefits far outweigh those yeah, risks. Yeah yeah, I think that understanding community dynamics is
2: incredibly important when we're we're forming a new community. Mm. and understanding that that there is so much strength, in the perceived weakness that we have, Mm. especially if we can share it as a village and a community because we're only as strong as our weakest link. Mm. And if we can all pull together and bring each other up and lift each other up in fellowship, then we can build something unlike anything we've seen
0: before. I hope this episode has helped you find sanctuary in this exciting journey of life. All of the resources we've mentioned in this episode are found in the podcast notes. If you need some assistance with any of the topics discussed in today's episode, then please visit our website hshl.org.au. You and your mental health matters to us, and we hope you get one step closer in finding sanctuary. Bye for now.